A long-anticipated run came to be last week when Democrat Beto O'Rourke announced his run for Texas governor. Plus, the Dallas mayor credits the city's police chief for the falling violent crime rate in the city. From NBC5 and the Dallas Morning News, this is the Lone Star Politics Podcast. I'm Chris Blake. This week, Julie Fine and Gromer Jeffers are joined by former congressman and now a candidate for governor, Beto O'Rourke, as well as Dallas Police Chief Eddie Garcia. Before we hear from them, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the Lone Star Politics Podcast. It helps us grow the show and helps others find it. O'Rourke will be running for office for the third straight election cycle. He ran a close race for U.S. Senate against Republican Ted Cruz in 2018, losing by two and a half percentage points. He also entered the 2020 Democratic presidential primary, but dropped out after eight months. O'Rourke could face Republican Governor Greg Abbott in the general election. Abbott, however, has three primary challengers of his own. The governor is seeking his third term, while O'Rourke represented his El Paso district in the U.S. House for six years before his Senate run three years ago. Texas has not elected a Democratic governor since Ann Richards in 1990. Abbott won re-election by 10 points over Lupe Valdez in 2018, the same year in which O'Rourke ran a much closer race against Cruz. And last year, Donald Trump won Texas by 5.5 points in the presidential election. So just days after he launched his campaign, here's O'Rourke with Julian Groma. Joining us this morning, former El Paso Representative Beto O'Rourke. Thanks so much for being here. It's great to be with you, Julian Gromer. Thank you for having me. Well, this has been speculated for months. You must have thought about this for a long time. What was the deciding factor for you? I'm just so confident that we can do better in Texas and that it's going to require all of us choosing to come together and to put our differences behind us, just like we did when the power grid failed in order to help one another out and get focused again on the big things that are most important to all of us, the kinds of jobs that we're creating in Texas, the quality of the schools that our kids go to, the ability to ensure that the power grid actually works, that we reduce violent crime in our communities, and that we make progress on the things that most of us actually agree on, like expanding Medicaid so more people can see a doctor and so that we reduce the property tax burden on the homeowner who right now is paying for the uncompensated care in our hospitals and clinics. Republicans, Democrats, independents, Texans agree that these should be our priorities. I wanna make sure that as governor, we get them done. Beto, you heard what the governor just said. It was a memorable quote in a presidential debate when you said you were gonna take your uh, AR-15s and your AK-47s in a question about gun control. Uh, how do you think this will impact your campaign for Texas governor? since this is sort of gun-friendly Texas? Look, we are a proud gun-owning state, and we're also really proud of the responsibility that we bring to owning and using a firearm. Like millions of Texans, I grew up in a household with guns, was taught to shoot by my uncle Raymond, who was a sheriff's deputy in El Paso County. And like so many others, I think I can uh, say with, with great confidence that we don't want to worry about being shot up with a weapon of war in a Walmart or a movie theater or a church or in our schools, and that we want to vigorously protect the Second Amendment right to own firearms for hunting, for sport, for self-defense, or for whatever reason. What we also can agree on is that what Abbott did by rejecting the advice of law enforcement and signing into law a permitless carry bill that allows anyone to carry a loaded gun in public is gonna make us much less safe in our communities and make it much harder for law enforcement to be able to do their job. So let's get back to common sense and to where most of us agree 
and ensure that we are a gun safe uh, and gun owning state that can make each other proud with the way that we are responsible with these firearms. On Friday, Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on all counts in the Kenosha shooting. What's your reaction? I think this sets a very dangerous precedent that a, a young man, in fact, a 17-year-old, could carry a weapon originally designed for war and battlefield use out on the streets of a community and could shoot a number of people, killing two of them, and be able to get off completely scot-free. You know, our thoughts, of course, are with the victims of this awful tragedy, but they're also with the, the country and communities across Texas who worry about the level of violence that we are seeing right now and about the fact that after Governor Abbott's radical gun agenda, more people will have more loaded guns without background checks, without training, and without the kind of oversight required by or desired by law enforcement to keep our communities safe. There's extensive debate, Representative, right now on what should and should not be in school curriculums and libraries. Who should be making those decisions? The districts, the parents, the government? Who should be in charge of that? You know, the, the way I understand how our country works, the people are the government. It's of, by, and for the people of Texas. So I expect every parent to be involved in their child's education. Every property taxpayer and every school district to be concerned about how the trustees spend their money. Amy and I are very involved in our kids' education. We meet with the teachers. We show up to the school board meetings. I expect that of every parent. But I also want to make sure that we stay focused on what most parents are telling me concerns them the most, and that's the quality of education that they get in those schools. Seven out of 10 fourth graders are unable to read at grade level in the state of Texas right now. That should really concern us. The average teacher is making $10,000 less on average than the average teacher nationally uh, here in Texas. That should concern all of us as teachers work second and third jobs just to make ends meet. And so I want to make sure that we are all focused on ensuring we have the highest level of public education. It's great for those kids. It's important for our communities. And any hope we have of being a successful state rests on the ability to educate the future workforce of Texas. So we've got to do better. And that's why it's one of my main focuses here on the trail. And if I'm elected as governor, I'm going to make sure we have the best schools in America right here in Texas. Representative Beto O'Rourke, thanks for joining us from the campaign trail. Switching gears to local news, Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson this week cited violent crime reduction in his annual State of the City address and gave credit to Police Chief Eddie Garcia. Garcia, who was named chief last December, came from the San Jose Police Department, where he worked for nearly three decades. He started the job in Dallas on February 1st. Here's Chief Garcia with Julian Gromer in an extended interview you'll only hear on the podcast. And joining us this morning in studio, Dallas Police Chief Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for being here. We're glad we finally got you in. Well, thanks for having me. You know, you've been on the job less than a year so far. How do you think it's going? Um, I think it's going well. I think uh, there's a lot of things that we had to accomplish when we got here, when I got here, and starting the new, uh, this new era. Um, but it's everyone's been responding great. The community's responding great. Business is great. Uh, I'm really, really in awe, honestly, about the support uh, that our men and women get. Uh, and uh, you know, I know that you know we get credit from the chief's perspective, but I give all the credit in the world to the men and women that wear this uniform. Uh, they've absolutely stepped up to the plate, and what we had to accomplish here in the city of Dallas for our residents 
and we want to be a model. We want to be that model for other cities to follow, and the men and women have jumped on board and they're doing an amazing job. So violent crime is, is a concern. It's always a concern, right? And I'm sure that was one of your mandates when you were, when you were hired. So what are you doing to attack the problem? Uh, well, you know, first of all, let me just say this. It starts with the support. Uh, really, it does. It starts with the support that not only do I get from my city manager, uh, from council, uh, but honestly, I'm not quite certain you're going to find me a mayor in the United States of any major city, much less a smaller city, uh, that has as much or more support for law enforcement and public safety than Mayor Johnson. Uh, without that support, things are very difficult, and you can see that in other places. And, uh, we don't have that here, which is amazing. The second part that we're trying to do is really we, we want to attack this problem uh, with criminologists. Uh, and so I got, the, I got the announcement, I got the job December 22nd, and from that time, between the time of then, and I started, I really think I started my job on the 22nd, because I started my official day on the 3rd, and working with criminologists to identify uh, places and in, in, in having a scientific model based on criminology and based on my nearly 30 years of law enforcement experience to try to drive violent crime down. You know, when we first got here, you know, the, one of the we, crime in the last three years, violent crime rose about 14% in three years and another 5% in 2020. And as we sit here today, since we instituted the violent crime, uh, violent crime, street level violent crime in the city of Dallas is almost down 14%. Uh, murder is down nearly 30%. Robbery is down nearly 28%. Aggravated assault is down 5.5%. And so you look at those statistics and you look around the rest of the country with regards to how the trend is going. Our trend is definitely going down. And I owe that entirely to the support this department is getting from our community, uh, our mayor, council, city manager, and the work that the men and women are doing. And in, in addition to that, the community. You know, as you see some great stories on community, uh, you know, it's a community-based plan as well, where you see the community stepping up uh, and really being partners, not only with us, uh, but really strengthening neighborhoods and getting rid of blight. You know, you have leaders like Derek Petit as an example in South Oak Cliff, and there's many others like him uh, that have really, we have locked arms and know that there's a criminal element that we have to take off our streets, but we also have to build strong relationships with our community. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. There have been some high-profile police shootings that have created tension between officers and some communities of color. So what needs to be done to improve relations? Well, the first thing that I would like to say is I kind of want to set the foundation because you hear this national narrative a lot. That do we need to get better as, an as a profession? Absolutely. Uh, do we need to be better at the Dallas Police Department? Absolutely. But I'll say this, and I've said this many times, I have not been to a neighborhood impacted by violent crime or any other in the city of Dallas that regardless of language spoken, economic status, or racial makeup, that I have ever heard the word say, we need less police. I've never heard that. And in fact, they ask for more. And it's our communities of color that are actually frustrated because we can't do more for them. Now, do they want us to be professional? Absolutely. Do they want to be treated procedurally just? Absolutely, and we will do that. But we want to set that foundation that we're starting. We're not starting from a place of crisis, as is often talked about. I'll say what we're doing is as hard as we're working in our violent crime grids with my robbery units, homicides, SWAT, my patrol CRTs being proactive and taking the criminal element off the street and being present, our community affairs division is working equally as hard in those areas, doing positive things. We've partnered 
uh, with groups, with Safer Dallas, uh, to give, as an I'll give you one example, you know, in the area of uh, Overton, Illinois, is a very challenged area, and it has been a challenged area in the city of Dallas. Uh, one day, I, I called uh, Mike Hinojosa, Dr. Hinojosa from DISD, who is an amazing man and a great partner, and I asked him, hey, Mike, where do the kids that live in that area, what elementary school do they go to? And Mike says they go to Bryan Elementary School. And so we teamed up with DISD, teamed up with Safe of Dallas, and police officers went to Bryan Elementary and gave all 400 of those kids school supplies on their first day of school and uniform going in because our, our, one, of our, one of our mantras, that I, we like to say we have a few, uh, one of them we didn't see, but the first time these kids see us cannot be in a moment of crisis. And so building on what I already know, because I'm not a stay in the office kind of chief, and I know what our community wants and what they're expecting and what they're asking for from these men and women, we want to build on that. Because it's not as, it's not as negative as it's made out to be. Uh, and I, I would venture, I would ask anyone to come with me to any community meeting I have in any neighborhood group to see how much support our community has in us. And to me, that's a precious gift. And so as a law enforcement organization, we can't just sit on our hands and do nothing. We have to continue to uh, water that uh, and make sure that it flowers. And so, you know, our community affairs is doing fantastic things in those, in those areas, in those neighborhoods to ensure that our community knows that we're there and we're doing a lot more than just taking the criminal element off the street. A huge data loss in the department came to light this year. What are you doing to make sure that it, that it doesn't happen again? Uh, well, we're working with our city uh, ITD department uh, to see what things happen, what occurred. As we all know, it occurred, occurred out of the erroneous actions of, a, of an employee. Uh, but I will say this, I mean, and oftentimes it's been discussed, you know, and as a matter of fact, I just spoke with Judge Cruzot earlier in the week, who I have a great rapport with, and we have not yet had a single case that's been affected by that. Uh, and so we're looking at, it's a good opportunity for us to kind of step back and see where our blind spots are with regards to technology in the department. We have a lot of needs and it's been a good opportunity for us to take a look and see, okay, where we, we made this mistake as a city. We are part of the city. We made this mistake as a city. Let's move forward so that it doesn't happen again. And so we're having these conversations just today. We meet periodically on Fridays to have discussions as to where we're at, where our needs are. Uh, and, and then we'll go from there once we figure out where the issues and problems are. But again, no, I think it was very important to say, uh, because there's always a concern as to what cases were lost or, or what have you, that we've not, we have not to date, and this is going back to April when this was, had come out, we've not to date had a single case that's been affected by that. So in the short time we have left, <laughs> Let's get local here for a minute, very local okay. to North Texas. Your love for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, man, I, it, it knows no bounds. It was interesting. My, uh, <laughs> for, my former mayor in San Jose, who I'm very good friends with, Sam Licardo, uh, said that, hey, Dallas uh, just got themselves the most obnoxious Dallas Cowboy fan ever. <laughs> Uh, when I came over, that's uh, hard. But uh, <laughs> it is hard. My, you know, and so uh, growing up uh, in the Bay Area and being a Cowboy fan in the backyard of the 49ers was always a fun time. Uh, it was enjoyable. But uh, they're having a great season. Uh, we've been. I know people have said, and I've we've been at this position before. Uh, but this is a different team. I feel. I feel we're a more complete team. Uh, and I ride or die. Uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboy for life. So uh, I can't wait to see it. I am gonna. I'll be honestly say that I'm looking at Sunday's game. I although it's Kansas City, I'm looking at it as a dress rehearsal for our NFC Championship game. Uh, it's that type of game, in my opinion, in the middle of the year that we need to show up, show what we got, uh, and go from there. So I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about the season, uh, and I'm glad that I got here and they didn't start off poorly. You talked about more police. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 
what are the chances to have more police on the streets, more Dallas police, and how is recruitment going? Because I know that's yeah. been an issue in the past. So great questions, and I apologize, I do talk a lot, but there's, uh, so, I mean, I, you know, these issues are so broad, I kind of have my arms wrapped around a few things, and I swear to God, I swear that I have, I have the data of every day that happens on a hologram above my bed. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about support, I mean, again, and I say this and I know that, you know, I touted Mayor Johnson, but at the same time, I, I'm not quite certain that I know any major U.S. cities that have uh, okayed the hiring of literally 500 new police officers in two years. If you can find me one, uh, because I haven't seen one. Uh, and so that support is enormous. You know, we talk about people not wanting to be police officers. Well, that's not true. We're not having issues recruiting. Uh, we just started an academy just recently, uh, and we're going to have several more throughout the year. Now, obviously, those 500 due to attrition will be a certain net gain that we get, but we are growing. Uh, and so we're growing as an organization. Obviously, we're not where we want to be. You know, obviously, a few years back, if you look back to 2016, 2017, we had hundreds of more officers than we have today. Uh, so we need to be more data-driven, similar like we are with the crime plan. But uh, we are getting more officers. We understand the number one priority of any police department is to answer the 911 call for service. So my main priority is to remember patrol. Uh, and we'll go from there, but we are definitely growing. Uh, recruiting, obviously, we can do certain things, but we're going to get better. You know, one thing I did forget to touch on, you talked a little bit about the national picture mm -hmm. versus the local picture, but when something happens nationally, there's a verdict like in Kenosha, mm -hmm. for instance. You have to prepare for it locally. Absolutely. You know, we've been preparing for a while, going back to waiting on the verdict from the George Floyd, Floyd trial, uh, and so we've been in preparations. You know, honestly, when it comes to these situations, we have to be... Uh, you know, I don't want to say on alert because I'm not thinking the negative. We have to prepare for that, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, thinking that the negative is going to happen, but we have to prepare for it because of what we've seen. And so obviously it has, uh, whether it's, it, whether it's this trial or the Arbery, uh, trial that's going on, those are things that we need to pay attention to, uh, because we need to, we need to be prepared, uh, if there is some sort of, uh, protest or civil unrest that occurs through it. I think the responsibility of any police department and, you know, you heard a lot of things, you know, particularly when the George Floyd incidents happened, because those, that was one of the first times that something like that happened in a lot of new places. But, you know, now going through that, you know, we know that we have to be prepared for this because those things occur. Other than the Dallas Cowboys, what's your favorite thing about Dallas? What if, other than the Cowboys? Yeah, other than the Cowboys. You can't, let's take them off the table for now. Okay, well, I already said the community support's tremendous. Well, I'll say the restaurants, the food ah. here. Don't we have great this restaurants? The restaurant, the food here is amazing. I mean, I, you, I, you know, I tell people all the time, uh, you know, there's friends coming over, where do you guys want to go or what have you? And I'm like, well, I mean, let me figure out. There's like a thousand places that we can go hang out, have fun, and go do something. I mean, the entertainment, the restaurants are just amazing. You have a go-to spot yet? I do have a go-to spot. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to find out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Because you want it's, more go-to spots, so you don't want I do know. want more go-to right, spots, you know. but have a great don't time. Worry, you don't, yeah, I can understand that. Like, it's your go-to where you just want to go and have your dinner. Like, I get that. I totally yeah, get it's that. It's definitely a go-to. But it's kind of cool when you go to restaurants, and I tell you, you get when, whether I'm in uniform or whether I'm in plain clothes, uh, you know, and sometimes people don't recognize me when I'm plain clothes because I look right. a little bit different when I'm in a short sleeve shirt. Uh, and, uh, you know, they'll come up and say hi, and they recognize you, and they, you know, they say great work that your men and, men and women are doing, and uh, it's, 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 it's nice. It's nice to be out and about. You know, I'm not that guy that's looking over his shoulder all the time, although that does occur. I don't want to live my life that way. But uh, certainly it's fantastic to see the support when, whether we're, when you're out. So I love the restaurants. I love the friendliness of them, and it's a, it's a great town.
Chief, so, so glad to finally get you in the station. We really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Beto O'Rourke and Chief Eddie Garcia for joining the show this week. You can stay up to date on everything Texas politics at NBCDFW.com slash Lone Star Politics. We'll talk to you next week.